Welcome to the Your Service Business Podcast, your source for strategies and insights to help your commercial service business thrive. Let's get today's show started with your host and fellow service business owner, Ruto Robinson. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Your Service Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruto Robinson. So today is an interesting day because the subject matter that I'm going to speak about affects me personally, deeply and personally. However, it is also something that is affecting everyone. And that is how the current COVID-19 pandemic is affecting our businesses. Now, usually I'm a super motivated, get out there and go type of individual. If you ask people about me, they'll tell you if they had to come up with one word to describe me, it's usually motivated. But in this case, I found myself going through a bit of a low point and not only a low point business wise, because I mean, hey, look, things happen. But in this case, it was a low point emotionally. I felt drained. I felt overwhelmed. I felt like I was uncertain about the prospects of the future. I'm the CEO of a private security agency that provides security guard and firewatch services in the D.C. metropolitan area. Looking at the numbers is something that I normally do on the regular basis anyway, and eventually I'll end up doing a podcast on KPIs. But in this case, I took a real deep dive into the numbers and looked at where we were year over year and a bunch of different comparisons that I normally do. And in this case, they looked more bleak than I was accustomed to seeing. Our business has been affected by this COVID-19 pandemic. There's just a lot of volume that is no longer there. And I sat there and I thought to myself, what are we going to do? And why is this happening to me? Then I thought about it. Oh, yeah, I know why. It's because of the COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of businesses that we would normally serve are closed. In our case, one of the vertical markets that we serve are schools. We do several charter schools in particular, several of them. And what happens? They're now closed. There's commercial office buildings that are no longer occupied that we were doing. There's events that were scheduled that are no are now canceled. Every year we do these uh, security details for kids that are coming in, student groups that are coming in to visit the city. And then we'll provide security officers to patrol the floors of the hotels that they're staying in to protect them from stranger danger and things of that nature. And of course, just make sure the kids aren't exiting their rooms. All of that is gone as well. And we just did a major marketing campaign at the end of last year in order to boost that specific part of the business. Wow. Man, that sucks. I then heard a little voice in the back of my mind. And what it said was, 
you can either make excuses or you can make money. And I thought to myself, hmm, you can make excuses or you can make money. And I realized at that moment that that is the fact. That is the position that I'm in. And that's the position that we're all in. We can either make excuses or we can make money. I realized that I could no longer focus on the reason why things are difficult right now. And that I instead needed to focus on the way forward above and beyond this current situation. And more importantly, a way to transcend this current situation at a higher level than I was at before it started. That is the focus. We can make excuses or we can make money. So I decided to make money. And I hope you fellow service business owners out there will make the same decision that I've made. There's an old quote that Warren Buffett actually referred to uh, in a speech or interview that I saw with him some time ago that is very applicable in this case. I'll paraphrase the quote. And what it says is that the best time to grow is when there is blood in the water. Even when that blood is your own. Actually, we're going to remake that. And we're going to say the time with the most opportunities to thrive is when there's blood in the water, even if that blood is your own. That is when the best opportunities to thrive exist and present themselves. We just have to be ready for it, take advantage of it, keep moving. They say that history is the best teacher. We can actually look at the past and learn and see examples of organizations and businesses that have found a way to thrive when things seem to be at their worst. One example is Procter & Gamble. Now, Procter & Gamble, during the time of the Great Depression, Procter & Gamble uh, were selling items like cleaning supplies and things of that nature. And at that time, a lot of businesses were closing. I mean, people didn't have food. Um, it was very, very tough time. Inflation was sky high. Uh, it was very difficult. So Procter & Gamble could have decided to limit what they were doing and try to just survive through the Great Depression. But instead, what they decided to do was grow. In fact, they started marketing more. Most of their competitors at that time were so concerned about expenses, so concerned about trying to keep what they had, they didn't invest. Parker and Gamble decided to actually invest more in advertising. 
And they even advertised in this unique thing at that time that was called radio. Some of you may have heard of radio before. Uh, <laughs> in either case, um, they even went to the point of doing radio ads and sponsoring shows. And at that time, you got to realize that radio then was like TV now. It was the most expensive way to advertise. But fortunately for Procter & Gamble, they realized that even though radio was expensive, quote unquote, it cost less than usual because not as many businesses were making the wise choice of increasing their marketing during slower economic times. And as a result, Procter & Gamble was able to get more advertising and a excellent tool, advertising tool for less. And now to this day, Procter Gamble is one of the largest, most successful corporations in the world. And they can trace that back to that decision to invest in themselves and marketing their product at a time that things were at their worst. Because they figured that, well, people are still going to need to wash themselves. That need probably won't change. And it worked. It worked. An example of this in more recent times is how the Lego Corporation responded to the Great Recession. Now, Lego, I'm sure that most of you guys are familiar with them. They sell the blocks that interlock with each other. You know, kids love them. I'm a Lego kid. was raised on them. I'm a fan. But when you're going through a time, well, the economy's going through a time of distress, people tend not to spend money on things like toys and other type of items that are non-essential. So what they did was they had to make a choice. Now, they looked at the marketplace and they made a different decision, which was they decided that the United States market wasn't necessarily going to be the best place for them. So instead, they decided to move their attention to other international markets, in particular Asia and certain parts of Latin America. And by adjusting that focus, they actually were able to grow by over 50% during the Great Recession. And that all goes back to that decision to say, hey, in their case, they knew that the United States wasn't where they needed to be at that time. It wasn't going to be lucrative for them. So they decided to take a chance and go to a new market or new markets, plural, and invest in those markets aggressively. And once again, Lego is one of the most successful corporations in the world, still is. A large part of that growth happened when they made the wise decision to grow in a different way during the Great Recession. You also can look at organizations like Panera. Panera made some very unique decisions during the recession. You've got a time where, once again, the economy is tough. People are having a hard time. Unemployment during the recession was high. Maybe not as high as it is now, but it was high. And so Panera found themselves in a very unique position where their claim to fame was that they provided high quality food in a somewhat upscale, fast, casual environment. You didn't go to Panera because you wanted to get something cheap. You went to Panera because you wanted to get quality food fairly quickly in an environment that's comfortable. Me, I like the fact that they give us real plates and mugs because 
I don't know. Something about a real play mug for me is kind of cool. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, but in either case, they were forced with a decision to make. What were they going to do? Instead of deciding to be a duplicate of the other cheap options or figure out a way to, to lower their prices, they actually decided to do something different. They figured that at that time, when the recession was at its worst, unemployment was at about 10%. Now, they could have decided to focus on the 10% that were struggling or focus on the 90% that still had jobs and more than likely still would enjoy the quality food and pleasant atmosphere that Panera had to offer. What they didn't do was lower their prices. They kept their prices the same, even introduced a few different items that cost a little bit more, but still focused on their core business and marketed aggressively to get what market share was there. What were the results? They grew exponentially, faster than most other, almost every other fast casual business that was in operation at that time. Why? Because they made the smart decision of saying or figuring out that the time of the greatest opportunities to thrive was when there's blood in the water, even when that blood was their own. We can use these examples as fuel and reminders that all is not lost. We can do this. They did it. We can too. The current challenges within the economy are opportunities to thrive. There are some people out there that will hear me talk about opportunities at times like this. And they'll say, wow, how can you talk about opportunity during such a tragic period? And please know that by no means do I intend or would I ever intend to lessen or belittle the impact of this current situation. Or, or make it seem like it's less serious than it is. People are dying. People are scared to go outside and breathe. This is a serious situation. Make no mistakes about it. I make no mistakes about it. I accept it for the fact that it is. It's a very tough time. It is a scary time. But we still have to eat. We still have to pay our bills. Business owners, you still have to find a way to help your employees and feed your employees and keep them busy. And we still have to find a way to provide our customers with the valuable services that we have to offer. Because if our services weren't valuable, we wouldn't be offering them in the first place. So, yes, this is the time where we also need to talk about the opportunity that this tragedy presents so that we can get up, get out, get something and make money rather than focus on excuses. So how are we going to make that happen? The first thing that we have to do is accept the fact that the situation is what it is. It's hard right now. Accept it. Inhale. Exhale and keep breathing. Now we move forward. So one of the first things we want to do 
when we're identifying opportunities to thrive during challenging times is to look at the existing opportunities that we have and identifying ways to expand those existing opportunities. Now, in this case is focused on commercial service businesses. So I'll use those types of examples to give you an idea of what I mean. Let's say, for instance, a security company and we provide security guard services. We have a wide variety of different types of places that we service. One of the places that we currently service are residential buildings. Residential buildings still are needing security at this particular time. So what we're we're doing is we're going out to any customer right now. Let's say I've got a customer that only had service on the weekends. I'm contacting that customer to inquire about what kind of needs they have during the week as a result of COVID-19. How is this affecting their locations in the safety of their sites? Have they experienced increased crime and would they like us to expand the service to cover more days? And the other thing is you can even figure out ways of redefining who a customer is. If you're providing electrical services to one GC at a location, then, and you're on that GC's vendor list, then you can consider every property that that GC is working on as your prop, your site, because they are a current customer. So if you're doing business with Whiting Turner, right now at one site, then every single Whiting Turner Super or Foreman is your customer now. So then you go to every single one of those customers and ask them about their new needs, especially in the construction. So identify ways to expand existing relationships. Your customer is anyone that you're on their list to do business with. I got customers across the globe right now, even though I only service Maryland, Virginia, D.C., but I got customers across the globe because guess what? If your business is on the visitors list for that organization, every single site that that organization works out of is a customer for you. Every single one of them. Redefine what a customer is. And even ask people that you're doing business with if they know of other people that have a similar need. It's amazing what happens when you ask. Let's say you now you've maxed out all the opportunities with the current customers that you have. Now we have to identify new needs. And that is a matter of sitting back and look at the customers that you do have, where they're coming from, and how are they using your services. And through that, you will identify new needs. For example, if you're running a janitorial business, you are in the business of cleaning up buildings, either residential or commercial. A lot of those commercial buildings at the current time don't need janitorial services because there's no one there to clean up after. So what do you do? One thing we do know is that the buildings that do have people there sometimes have situations where people that come to that building or work in that building have been exposed to COVID-19. When that happens, 
they need to sanitize that whole building in many cases or a whole office. And this applies on the residential side as well as the commercial side. If there's someone who's sick and they're in their apartment or house and they've had COVID-19, sure, they can quarantine themselves to a particular area within that house. But that area still needs to be disinfected after the person recovers. That is a great new need that you can fulfill. And I say great because in this case, you're actually able to help someone and protect the rest of their family or the rest of the public from falling victim to this horrible pandemic. Identify the new needs. What are they? How can you respond? And then, of course, present an alternative. Sometimes the best thing that you can do is to offer something that is different than what everyone else is doing. And sometimes those differences don't have to be revolutionary. For example, in some cases, you can look and say, okay, well, I'm going to contact people and introduce the way that I can provide service with an extra focus on COVID-19 mitigation. Even if the other guys are doing the same thing, you can make yourself seem different by talking about it. And the fact that you're talking about it and promoting it is a way of communicating that you take it seriously. The biggest mistake that a lot of people make right now is still talking more about quality of service than they are talking about the attention that they make to mitigate and prevent killing their customers. Come on, people. You may provide comparable service to someone else, but you provide that service in a way that's respectful and compliant with the guidelines of the CDC. And you talk about it, you emphasize it, you advertise it, heck, maybe even do a video about it, showing what you do and how your guys go through their process when they're getting ready taking temperatures, the whole nine yards. Now, of course, make sure that you actually do these things. Don't say you're wearing masks all the time and then you don't wear your mask. But in either case, you can present yourself as an alternative to whoever they're paying money to right now. And then the last thing we do is to help those in need. And that is a very important thing, starting with your own employees. Be there for them, help them. Pay them on time. Make sure they have the things that they need to have, like the gear that they need to protect themselves. Make sure they understand how to use it. Contact them. Call them. See how they're doing. When you talk to them, find out how they're doing before you ask what they're doing. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And we can't afford to forget that right now, all of our employees are scared to leave their houses. But in spite of that, they still find a way to get up, get out, and go to work. And that should never be ignored. It can't be understated. It must be appreciated and respected. And we need to care for them. Help them. And if you've got some extra profit and you can do things for the community, that's great also. But you start with helping your people. Give them the support that they need and reciprocity will work in your favor. But it still comes back to 
what I originally said in the first place. We can make excuses or we can make money. I hope that you all have found this podcast to be helpful and that you as service business owners will make the same decision that I made, which is I'm deciding to make money. This is Rudolph Robinson. Thanks for joining me. Go out there and sell something. You've been listening to the Your Service Business Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. To learn more about taking your commercial service business from good to great, visit yourservicebiz.com. Feel free to connect on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The links are in the show notes.